Welcome to Keep Calm and Cook On. I'm Julia Tertian. This episode is one in a five-part series that is all about baking. I'm talking to cookbook authors, avid home bakers, and more about what draws us to baking, what it feels like when we bake, and the creativity and history that we can tap into when we bake. For more about this podcast, my cookbooks, my virtual cooking classes, and just everything, head to juliatertian.com. And while you're listening, please remember to rate and review Keep Calm and Cook On on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. All of those notes and stars help to grow the community that listens to this show. And it means so much to me and all of my guests each time you do this. Thank you. Thanks so much to King Arthur Baking for partnering with me to make this special series of the podcast possible. I have always used King Arthur flour in both my kitchen and in my recipes because it delivers consistently great baking results and it's widely available. I also love their pre-cut parchment sheets and I recommend them to everyone. King Arthur Baking is a 100% employee-owned company and a founding B Corp, and they're always seeking ways to use the power of baking to make a difference for people and for the planet. Learn more about what they do and shop their flour and other baking products at kingarthurbaking.com. That's kingarthurbaking.com. My guest today is Cheryl Day. And this episode is a recording of the live event that Book Larder, the great cookbook store in Seattle, hosted to celebrate the launch of Cheryl's latest book called Cheryl Day's Treasury of Southern Baking. Bon Appetit has called Cheryl's new book the definitive book on Southern baking. Cheryl and I recorded this conversation just before the book came out, but it is available now wherever books are sold, and it makes a wonderful holiday gift. As you'll be able to tell by my enthusiasm during the episode, I love this book. It's such a useful book because the recipes are so good and trustworthy. It's beautiful, and it's also so important because within the recipes, Cheryl pays homage to the Black women bakers who created the recipes and techniques we all know as Southern baking. Cheryl is a part of this legacy. Thank you to Book Larder for having us. I hope you all enjoy listening to this episode and hearing more about Cheryl and her amazing new book. I love this book. I have seen parts of this book at different points during the making of it, but to hold the book, to have it here in my home, I'm so lucky to have this early copy. This is really, this book is like a big deal and enough about how I feel holding it. How do you feel holding a copy of this? Oh, I feel honored to be telling this story. Mm. I make it a little emotional. You're in a safe place here. (laughs) It's a big story to tell. It's a bold, um, I make a lot of bold statements in the book and I am just, I feel really seen. I feel, I don't know. I just feel really honored to be able to share uh, the history of mm-hmm. uh, of baking, mm-hmm. uh, Southern baking, and through the eyes of my personal story, as well as as telling the story of, you know, the folks that created it, the Black mm-hmm. folks that created this book. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel very, yeah, I feel very honored to be the one to to lend my voice and to share the story. I I sense that from the writing, from just hearing you talk about making this book, 
it's, it's such a personal book and it's also not personal. It's, it's right. historical. And I, I feel like you have done such a great job of making the historical personal, the historical present. Yeah. You know, these things that are easier, I think said than done. So there's, there was something that stood out to me in the introduction, the introduction. I'm just so excited for everyone to get this book and to just read this and sit with it. It's, it's, it's just so good. Okay. Anyway, in the introduction, there's a part where you talk about feeling like your arrival was cause for celebration when you got to your grandmother's, there would be all this food, all this baking happening. And then you realized it was just like that every day. (laughs) It wasn't about you showing up. (laughs) And I, (laughs) I just, I got such a like giggle out of that, but also I was just thinking about this feeling of like everyday celebration and Mm. just like appreciation for what you have and what you can make and stuff. And to me, that comes through not only in this book, but also in your bakery. Could you maybe just give folks who are here with us tonight, just a little context about what you've been doing for the last few decades and where this book comes from? (laughs) At back in the day bakery, I decided to, Griffin and I, my husband decided to open up in a underserved neighborhood in Savannah um, because we really saw the potential and we are dreamers, I guess. And I just really, our goal or my personal goal was to create a sense of pride for the folks that live in my neighborhood. And to let them see that, you know, I'm a black woman, I own the bakery, they can come to this place, it's approachable, it's inclusive of everyone. And I wanted to create a gathering place, I wanted to, you know, create a place that would be a sense of pride and legacy. Mm -hmm. For the neighborhood that had just really, you know, people had lost hope in the neighborhood. Mm. And I still saw hope. And so, yeah, fast forward 20 years later, it's, I mean, you've been there. It's, you know, it turned into this huge gathering place. I think that's been the hardest thing for us during COVID is mm-hmm. because we, we did lose that, but we fe- we have found other ways to kind of create a sense of community. And so that's what I've been doing. And then also a big part of my work is besides creating legacy for myself, um, because I'm getting to the age where I, I'm thinking about that. But I also, <laughs> with two other friends, started uh, Southern Restaurants for Racial Justice, where we have been able to give grants to other Black-owned businesses, uh, restaurants in particular, and so that they could kind of create legacy and generational wealth and neighborhoods all over the country. So that's what I've been doing. And I write books. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You, you are busy. I was telling Cheryl before we just, before the zoom started, I've been having this funny chapter of my life. I've been working at a vegetable farm for a season. And during the summer when we would start very early in the morning to avoid like the worst heat. And I was waking up at like five in the morning I told you this, Cheryl, but I just kept saying to my wife, Grace, like Cheryl Day has been awake for so many hours. And just yeah. to reassure everyone, I already checked. Cheryl does not have to get up 
at 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. tomorrow. You can get some rest because we're on East Coast time. (laughs) But anyway, back to legacy, which you just brought up, the work you're doing right now, like actively creating legacy is such amazing, important work that the way you engage in it is just very, I think, inspiring for all of us to hear about. And I want to talk a little bit more about not only the legacy you're creating for yourself and you're helping other people create, but the legacy you come from. And that is so much of what this book is. And it's paying homage to that legacy and especially to the women in your family and in your community who, who paved the way. And you wrote in the book that history is written by the, the victors. And in terms of talking about legacy, I just, I wanted to talk about print and like the written word and how mm-hmm. that kind of works into legacy. Cause I think so many of us know and love you as the baker you are, as the business owner right. you are, Cheryl from back in the day bakery. And I want to talk to you, Cheryl, the writer <laughs> yeah. to find out what does it mean for you with all of this in mind, legacy, especially what does it mean for you to be an author? Is that like a word you use to present yourself if someone asks you what you do? That is something I am working on presenting myself (laughs) as an author because I am by trade a baker. Um, I don't Mm. consider myself a pastry chef. I'm definitely a baker. And but I am getting into the role of being an author because it's something that I really enjoy. And with the encouragement of, you know, all of the great folks that have surrounded me. I definitely feel that I have, you know, I have, I'm owning that now because Mm. I enjoy it so much. And I, I really love telling stories and it's something that's kind of, I believe in my DNA as well as baking. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so yeah, I'm an author now. (laughs) I mean, and you have been for a while. You're also I feel like I've said this to you, and if I haven't, it's overdue. I mean, you you are an amazing writer. Oh, like, your skill you. as a writer. Obviously, you know that means so much because I've I've given you things to like. Can you read this and see if it sounds like right, good, or <laughs> well, it's <laughs> that imposter syndrome, you know. Yeah. Thing, you know, a lot. Of I mean, that's stuff. a real thing. I mean, yeah. I have been honored to be on the other side of those emails and to get like sneak peeks of things like, you know, parts of this book. And there is a line, you sent me your introduction Mm. a while ago to take a look at. And there was a line that stood out to me then that I wrote back to you. And I was looking at it this morning in the book. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking, it's just such a, it's incredible. And you said, because of my mother's courage to leave the South, I had the opportunity to return. Yeah. And that is such a simple sentence. <laughs> I'm like doing like writer nerd geeking out right now, but it's, it's such a simple sentence and it, but it's so profound because of my mother's courage to leave the South. I had the opportunity to return like every word in that sentence needs to be there <laughs> and you pick the right yeah. words. And I've been thinking so much about the strength of both your writing and your baking to me is in your fearlessness about sticking to simple things. It's true. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) like you just said, you don't identify as a pastry chef. Like you talk about like, you're someone who makes biscuits and that's powerful. And so 
what is the role of like restraint in your life? Do you, are you someone when it comes to writing and baking, like, is it very flowery and you take things away? Like, are you an editor or does it come naturally to you to be like simple, but profound? (laughs) Like, how does that happen? How does the like powerful simplicity happen? Well, we should probably ask Judy Bray, <laughs> <laughs> who is who is your very amazing editor. <laughs> but um, I mean, I think like that particular sentence, I definitely remember feeling very profound about writing it mm-hmm. and knowing that it was very simple. But I think sometimes I definitely have to take things away Mm. Um, what I'm writing but Mm -hmm. every you know sometimes I just can say something exactly how I want to say it and and that's you know that's a process I think Mm -hmm. of of learning how to you know become becoming a writer I guess Mm -hmm. what about with baking does it uh with baking I'm definitely all about the ingredients (laughs) I always have been very simple Mm -hmm. I believe in letting the simple ingredient shine. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I do really love to do is play around. And I did this a lot during the pandemic, play around with savory or what people think of as savory spices and botanicals mm-hmm. and adding those. I like to kind of think of myself as an intuitive baker. I don't just make like, um, you know, I'll add coriander to a recipe or, mm-hmm. or turmeric or I just like to really play around with um, botanicals and spices and things like that. But generally I'm pretty simple when it comes to, I don't like, and I guess that's why I'm more of a baker. I don't know. I don't like a lot of, if I was doing a plated dessert, I mean, I did actually, I, I felt so out of place at the James Beard house mm-hmm. and a pudding. And, you know, I felt like I needed to put things components on the plate. And, um, I did it with Carla Hall, my friend, mm-hmm. who said, no, that's not why you're here. Are you doing mm-hmm. Cheryl Day? <laughs> and, you know, Cheryl Day is just very simple. Um, the ingredients, you know, I'll, I'll put maybe some edible flowers or something like that, but I just don't like a lot of uh, extra mm-hmm. components on the plate. Yeah. I, I really identify with that and I admire how you do that. And that what a great reminder Carla offered you in that moment that like, you're not here to be someone. Right. That's not you. Like you're here because you make I, the well, best I, banana that's pudding. Not what I do. I don't do yeah. plated desserts. Everybody was doing their, you know, little plated desserts. And I was just like, that's my plated dessert. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I can imagine which dessert people are probably most excited to eat <laughs> or I know I would have been. Yeah. I've had that banana pudding. That banana pudding is, I mean, it is so good. It's so good. Do you, I mean, you mentioned before when we were talking about like being a writer and author, you mentioned imposter syndrome. Um, I'm sure people listening to us today, many people can identify with that and relate like in their own life. I mean, it's so common and with your ability to like really, you know, to serve your extraordinary banana pudding as it is at, you know, in the context, like the James Beard house, which Mm -hmm. for lots of cooks and chefs is like, that's like a big deal to be invited to cook there. Like, do you, 
I guess, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? Do you like in those moments, is there something you tell yourself that you remind yourself, like putting out your book and, you know, hearing people introduce you and be like, you know, New York Times bestselling author, Cheryl Day, like, do you, do you feel confident in those moments? Do you feel nervous? Like, how do you deal? How do you deal? Oh, I how do you get through life? Cheryl, tell us. Uh, yeah. How do I get through? I know. I definitely feel, um, a little vulnerable and a little mm-hmm. out of place. You know, mm-hmm. I definitely struggle with that a little bit still. Um, I said, I was telling, um, my good friend Haley, I said, if I ever like won an award for something, there would be like a memes of me of like, <laughs> you know, ugly crying and <laughs> just like, I don't even know. I, I just, I don't know. It's just still very unexpected, but yeah. yeah, there's been a lot of ugly crying because I definitely have been getting some really great feedback mm-hmm. on the book. Someone uh, wrote a, uh, review on Bon Appetit this week and I was ugly crying because mm. it was, they said and they said it was their first review they had ever done and um it was just so beautifully written and they said all of the things that I would have wanted them to mm. get out of you know the book and you know they said that it was just you know the book that they had always wanted to mm. have And that's why I wrote the book, because I never saw a book like this on the shelf written Mm -hmm. by a person that looks like me. Yeah. Yeah. That is really powerful. And I'm so glad you had that, like, reflected back to you in that review. Mm -hmm. Like, what a powerful experience. The book that this reviewer, you know, wish she had, the book that you created the book I'm holding right, right next to me. What about this book makes it the book that you felt you needed to write? I mean, you've written you along with your right. husband, Griff, wonderful Griff, who we all adore. We're sending Griff a big hug. You and Griff have written other books. You've written wonderful books. I made the buttermilk uh, buns from, I can't oh. remember which, so the first or second book I made them the other week. Yeah. I was like, these are so good. They're yeah. so good. I, I mean, those books are so good. They have so many wonderful recipes, mostly recipes from the bakery. They're really like tried and true, great books. So what about this book? Let me hold yeah. it up again so everyone can see your beautiful portrait on the cover. Um, what about this made you feel like I need to commit to this and do this? Because this is a substantial book. Why, like, what's well, in it that was missing? This book, I knew I wanted it to be, you know, Judy kept telling me we want a wider lens. Mm-hmm. And it started out actually not being as personal, but kind of came back around as being more personal because mm-hmm. I guess, you know, I it just always does. But mm-hmm. um, I wanted it to be something that would resonate with, um, you know, like that person that wrote the um, review mm-hmm. and you know, they said that they grew up in the South and could, you know, relate to so many of the stories mm-hmm. and the food. The fact that I have, you know, four biscuit recipes and multiple recipes of cornbread. <laughs> I wanted it to be not just my story, although mm-hmm. it is very personal, 
I wanted to have some historical context. I, I mean, I had so many recipes and people would in the community would just drop off books on my doorstep of, you know, like church cookbooks. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a big undertaking to think about who, you know, is going to read it. I just wanted it to be comprehensive. If someone is interested in Southern baking, if someone has roots in the South, I just wanted there to be something that would resonate with all types of, you know, folks. And Mm -hmm. I just thought, yeah, I just wanted it to be inclusive of all sorts of folks. But most importantly, I wanted to make sure that I paid homage to the creators of the food, (laughs) which I am baffled that I'm kind of, you know, some of the statements that I make are very bold. In fact, you know, like in the beginning of the introduction, where I say this book wouldn't be possible, you know, without the millions of enslaved Americans Mm -hmm. that came before me. We can't talk about sugar. We can't talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, being in the South. And I just don't know how you can, you know, tiptoe over things and and not be very clear about Mm -hmm. what happened and what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think for all of those reasons, you know, it is so, it's not just wonderful that this book exists. It's important that it exists and that you were the one to write it. And I'm struck by you saying that what you just said is like a bold thing to say, because I mean, I, I agree. And I also don't agree because is it bold to just tell the truth? (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know, but it feels, but to you, it feels, you feel like, it's a bold statement. I do. I yeah. mean, I, I'm not going to lie. It makes me a little vulnerable because yeah, I, sure. I know how people are, you know, let's just be honest, mm-hmm. but I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this was just really important for these things to be said. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah. yeah, I'm, I just feel honored that I'm the person that's able to say them. Yeah. It's important for all of us as Americans tuning in tonight, whether we are just home bakers who enjoy Southern baking, whether we're people who just enjoy cookbooks and want to understand the system in which they're made, you know, all these different reasons, many of us are here tonight and we're here for you tonight. And I think, you know, it's important that we know all of these things and all of this history and where the roots of Southern baking Mm. really are, you know, buried. Yeah. And it's also important that we pay attention to who, whose version of the story we're listening to. And the recipes are fantastic. Yes. Yes. I want to talk about the recipes and I have very specific questions about the recipes, but I also just want to talk about what we're talking about right now. There was another line I wrote down. I have this, like, I have a million post-it notes here. I have this old envelope. I'm Um, like, do you know how many notebooks I own? And I just don't use them. It's crazy. I'm like, get me a scrap of paper. (laughs) I'll save that for my therapist. I don't understand. Um, Okay. So you wrote another line that I love so much, which is how many Southern grandmothers are there? That is perhaps how many ways there are to make a biscuit. (laughs) What is it? So great. With that in mind, you also shared there's, you know, what four different biscuit recipes in the book. Right. I'm I'm thinking about this about like 
the role of Southern grandmothers, about the role of all of the unnamed right. cooks and bakers, especially Black women throughout the history of the American South, who have created all the recipes that we associate with the American South. There's so many versions of things, right. so many variables, and this Some book, sugar and cornbread. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a big controversy. And so many opinions about all of this. Yeah. And my question for you before we talk about specific recipes is how do you know when a recipe is ready? Hmm. I mean, I, well, let's see, what should we talk about? Well, you want to like, pick a recipe? Yeah. Like chocolate cake. Uh-huh. You know, I know you have a great chocolate cake recipe. You know, you knew that was Grace's cake. I mean, <laughs> it's like you're just looking for the quintessential perfect, you know, chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. I had in my head biscuits, uh, one particular biscuit, the the flaky butter, butter biscuits. I wanted those to be, you know, kind of like a, a from scratch version of the kind that you crack in the can, mm-hmm. you know, all the layers pop. So that pop. So that was one recipe. There are some recipes that, you know, are a little bit more difficult to get mm-hmm. to where you, you know, you want, like there's a sweet potato cookie and that cookie, I, like, I knew I wanted it to have a certain texture. And I mean, I did have to do it over and over and over many times until I felt like it was, you know, the right texture. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, that's one thing that I do feel confident about mm-hmm. is being able to trust my palate when it comes to what's good. I think over the last 20 years running the bakery, that's a skill that I've picked up is that I feel like I have, but I'm able to sense what people crave. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that I pride myself on because every day I have to put food in the case. You know, it's not like a restaurant model. You have, they come in and they look and they choose from the case. And so I, I just kind of have come up with this way of figuring out what people crave. And generally (laughs) speaking, I like to think of it around the seasons, which is very much, you know, how my grandmother would have done it. Mm -hmm. But also it's a very, you know, Southern California thing. I grew up in Southern California. And so it's like this juxtaposition of just, you know, making food with the seasons, things mm-hmm. that grow together. That's kind of a historic thing that, you know, farmers would do. They would make things that grow together. So mm-hmm. that's a sense that I feel confident about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really, you said it best, like you really are very good at predicting what people want. And I think you're also just really good at predicting things we don't even know we want, <laughs> but we see it in your case at the bakery or we see the recipe in your book and we're like, oh my gosh, I have to have that. It's so funny. One of my oldest friends, Julia, um, Karen, we met on the first day of high school. That was for over 40 years ago, but, and we're still friends. She's just like one of my biggest cheerleaders. And she has always said that I, she was telling her teenage daughter this story. Actually, she had her 60th birthday party here in Savannah Mm. and her teenage daughter came and her daughter was saying something to me about um, a concert that she was going to. And I said, oh, what concert? And she said who it was. 
And I was like, oh, I know who that is. And she was like, really? And so Karen said, oh, yeah, she's my cool friend. And let me tell you, when we were in high school, she discovered Prince. <laughs> and she's always Amazing. like ahead of, I've, been, I've always been able to pick kind of what was going to be yeah. next or cool. So, And I feel like you're also, you're so good at like everything in the bakery and even like what you're wearing today, your, your eyeglasses, like you have such a love of like, of older stuff and vintage. And Mm. I feel like knowing that sometimes the coolest thing is something that's been around, you know, it's sure it's like a perfect biscuit just because you brought up music. I wasn't planning (laughs) to go here, but Maybe you could tell us all just a little, just a Cheryl Day fun fact sidebar to this conversation about your book. Would you like to share anything about Soul Train? (laughs) Well, we can't have an interview without this coming up. Okay, It just would not be official. Um, Yeah. So I used to, when I was a teenager, I danced on Soul Train for many years. Like like one of my favorite facts. Yeah. Like junior high school and a bit through high school. So we have, and you probably, I know I've shared this with you and I put it on Instagram too, but there's footage that has uh, come up when they were vetting me to be able to talk about this (laughs) soul train um, with me doing the scramble board with Don Cornelius. And I was so painfully shy that I, and I had forgotten how shy I used to be. Mm. I was like introverted painfully shy. I never did the soul train line ever, ever, ever. And they scooped me up to do that, the scramble board. So I couldn't hide from anyone. But the thing that I learned was during that time that kind of helped my personality nurture. And I started coming out of being so shy Mm -hmm. because I don't know, I just, you know, like meeting people that were from all over the city of Los Angeles and, you know, not in my little neighborhood and Mm -hmm. really kind of brought me to be this Cheryl day. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. You know, it's so funny hearing you, you know, I've heard you talk about it before. I love knowing this part of, of your history and you don't just go to like a school dance or something. (laughs) Like you went on soul train for, for years and you know, you have been uncovering this history of the lineage of your family and the connection between all the black women in your personal history and their connection to baking and to cooking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you put it into a book like this, like you don't, you don't just know it and talk about it. Like you share things in this big way. And it's really cool. I feel like we are all just the beneficiaries of like your your vulnerability. It's really amazing. Thank you. Um, Appreciate that. King Arthur Baking is about so much more than the best baking ingredients. They're also the leading resource for baking inspiration and education for bakers of all levels. David Tamarkin, King Arthur's editorial director, and I recently chatted to learn more. King Arthur is a company that's centered on one thing. It's all about sharing the joy of baking. That is our mission. Every year we do everything we can to get people baking and and doing so successfully. So a great example is that we do an annual recipe of the year. We're going to our ninth year Rallying Bakers Run single, excellent, I would even say iconic recipe that's accessible to bakers of all levels and really, we hope, sets the agenda for baking in 2022. 
So what's the recipe of the year going to be in 2022? I can't tell you. <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you a little bit later uh, at the end of this series uh, in December. In fact, you're going to be one of the first people to hear about it. So December oh 30th, it's, I think, one okay. of the last Okay. So you'll come back and tell me more. You promise? I promise. What am I supposed to do until then? Great point, Julia. Great point. Uh, Luckily, we have other recipes of the year. Okay, this year's recipe of the year is perfectly pillowy cinnamon rolls. Epic recipe. So good. Very good for the holidays. You can do last year's crispy cheesy pan pizza. Mind-blowing recipe. And you know what? What I'm going to do until then is I'm going to make the classic birthday cake, which I actually have not done. Even if it's not your birthday, you can still make it. Oh, my my birthday's not till March, so yeah. (laughs) I have made the crispy cheesy pan pizza. It is so good. I can definitely vouch for it. It's such a crowd pleaser. So, David, where can everyone find all of these recipes? You can find all of the recipes of the year in one place, all nine recipes, uh, at kingarthurbaking.com slash roti, which is R-O-T-Y. Let's talk about some actual recipes. (laughs) I said we were going to get there. I never know what to say when someone's like, what recipe should I make from the book? Because, well, what do you like? (laughs) Let's start there. You know, so what I like to do instead of just that big question is I'm going to give you some scenarios. Okay. And then you tell us first thing that comes to your head. No overthinking. My first scenario is... I just opened to the peach streusel muffin recipe. Oh my God. How good does that sound? I just opened randomly to this page. Look at these muffins. They look so good. Okay. Let's say you have, this might be true for some people in certain parts of the country. Let's say you have a ton of peaches or maybe you have a ton of frozen peaches. What do you do with all these peaches? What are you going to do with them? Well, I would either make jam. (laughs) But uh, for baked goods, I love to make those muffins. Mm -hmm. muffins. You could do a, I mean, there's so many things you could do. One of my favorite recipes that I feel, I hope it's not kind of like a sleeper recipe. It's very simple. And forgive me if I get the name wrong, but it's the uh, rice panna cotta. And I would love to- Forgive you if you get the name wrong. It's- (laughs) Oh, well, no, I just, you know, exactly. But it's the rice panna cotta. Okay. And um, toasted rice panna cotta. Yes. See, I missed the part. But so that would be beautiful with, we did pears on those. Courtney did some beautiful pears, but like, you know, peaches would be great on that. Um, I would make... So beautiful. Can you see this? No, I just love it's so good and simple, you know, especially so like a hot savannah summer day. Uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorites for peaches though is the um cornmeal peach cake. Mm. Yeah, that is in the grits and grains chapter, mm. and that is really, really good. Peaches freeze great. And I tell you something I've been doing lately, and of course, pie, the lattice peach pie. But I have been freezing, going ahead and processing the peaches. But lately, Julia, I have not been peeling them. Mm -hmm. And I've been using those. And I've even made pies and all sorts of things where normally, like, I'm the person that peels an apple. I cannot stand, like, my mom used to peel apples for me all the time. But I love love. 
I know it is love. That is love. Yeah. Drift does it now, but anyhow, oh. but um more love. <laughs> I they freeze great. You can put mm-hmm. them on, you know, process them, put them in Ziploc bags and put them in the freezer, and then you can make any of those recipes with pieces. And by process them, you mean you're like so cutting them up, taking out the pit? Yes, exactly. Okay. Or leave the skin on. Leave the skin on. If you're a person that doesn't want skin, then I teach you how to make, you know, how to peel them. There's a mm-hmm. whole sidebar on how to do that. But I said those skins really, they just kind of melt away and it gives it nice textural. A nice color when you yeah, bake. beautiful yeah. color. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I'm beautiful. embracing the skin. <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm going to give you a more specific scenario, not just like an ingredient. Um, I've been thinking so much about how baking helps us celebrate things. It helps us console, you know, it, it really runs the gamut. So in terms of like celebration, let's say a good friend of yours who you adore and admire is having a really amazing book get published. (laughs) You want to celebrate. You want to bring her a cake. You want to put candles in the cake. It's not a birthday, but it's like, let's just have this moment of joy. What is the first thing to come to your mind from this book? What signals like, congratulations, you did something Chocolate awesome. Chocolate church cake. Chocolate church cake. Yeah, for sure. Is there a picture of that? My friend and, it is. and it's okay. got beautiful flowers on okay. it. Tell everyone about the cake and I'll find the picture. So it is a um, very chocolatey cake made with unsweetened chocolate. It actually is one of the old fashioned Southern recipes that has oil, sour cream, Mm -hmm. you know, lots of eggs, and it is super moist and delicious. So, and then the recipe for the frosting is very unusual for that cake. You make like... um, it's a very old timey recipe that you make a roux out of, well, not a, a traditional roux, but it's flour. And yeah, that's the chocolate. It's so cake. beautiful. So yeah, you okay. make this roux out of flour and milk, and then you add that to the sugar and the butter. And it has the texture of like a Swiss meringue. So cool. It's yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I think this was one of those thrifty recipes, or you know, like maybe if you didn't have, you know, confect before confectioner sugar, you didn't have confectioner sugar. Mm -hmm. It's actually made with um like regular cane sugar Mm -hmm. and butter, and then you add this like flowery roux, and people always think, What the heck is this? But it comes together beautifully, and then of course it has delicious chocolate. It looks so good. This is like what I love about your recipes and your stories. Like I've never heard of that kind of frosting before. I'm sure some people have, and but this is new to me. And in hearing about it, I'm also hearing about resourcefulness and, sure. and ingenuity and all of these things yes. that, that yeah. bakers have. My favorite thing about yeah. Southern baking is that exactly that ingenuity. Mm-hmm. I think that these women were so resourceful and came up mm-hmm. with, like, how did they think to do a cold oven pound cake? Mm-hmm. You know, that's in the, it's like you put it, you know, you mix it and you, they, you know, they had to stoke a fire, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. think about that we just get to turn on our oven I know 
Yeah, it's incredible. Amazing. Okay. I mentioned also about like how baking can comfort us. It can help like console us. So let's say, I hope this isn't the case, but I'm going to make this up. Say a good friend of yours has just gone through like a bad breakup. Mm-hmm. Like their heart is broken. They're having yeah. a rough time of it. And you want to bring something over to their house. You're not trying to like show off. You just want right. to give them like a hug via something mm-hmm. you baked. What are you baking? Well, I have a whole chapter on gathering cake. Mm-hmm. And I think something simple and like a sheet pan or there's a lemon buttermilk cake that's really delicious. It's made with a, a buttermilk buttercream frosting. Mm. And just, you know, I think something, like you said, not too showy, but um, yeah, something made in like one pan mm-hmm. that, you know, you could sit there and eat it with a fork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Out of the pan. Out of the pan. Out of the pan. I also feel like baking is like one of my favorite ways to say thank you. Someone does something nice for you mm-hmm. and you just want to show them a little love or maybe like the person who delivers your mail, like the yeah. holidays are coming up. Like the woman who delivers our mail, Kim, we love her. She always leaves treats for our dogs. It's so sweet. We give her like a monetary gift at the end of the year to thank her for all she does for us in a very tangible way, but I also usually try to bake something to attach with that. So like, what should I make for Kim this year as just a thank you? I mean, I think some like muffins are always nice Mm -hmm. or quick bread that you can kind of, you know, like in a loaf, nosh on. What do you usually bake, Julia? Not to turn it on you. Oh no, that's okay. Um, I, that is fine. What do I usually, I mean, I usually do like a quick bread type of thing. You're saying Mm -hmm. like, like a banana chocolate chip loaf, something yeah. like that. I love stuff like that. What have I done before? I'm trying to think. You know, I did I did a recipe for like this applesauce cake and mm-hmm. cookbooks ago. That's like just really simple. And I make that a lot kind of like as cupcakes or like yeah. in a loaf pan. I feel like a lot. What do you think about this? I feel like most batters can be baked in many different sizes. Oh, absolutely. Pans. Yeah. I don't know that everyone knows permission to do that <laughs> I love doing that especially yeah. like muffins to do I like to do this for the holidays to get smaller like little muffin pans mm-hmm. and then you could make that same muffin batter and then maybe make um you know a few loaves mm-hmm. and then wrap them up and and then you could easily give that to the male lady mm-hmm. you know? yeah you could have a few of those rather than just you know, muffins all the time. Yeah. I love doing that. Cheryl, you put so much into this and I said, I was, you were very kind to ask me. I got to give you like a little blurb. Yes. 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 And I, I, I stand by what I said. Yeah. I'm going to read it out loud. Why not? I said, I trust Cheryl day. This applies not only to her recipes, but also to her stories, her character and her style. This treasury comes from a woman who is herself a treasure. I, I agree with myself. Um, but I just, I wanted to share just the first part of that, that I trust you and the recipes in here, they will turn out when you make them. This is an amazing collection of recipes. You put so much into it. The photographs are beautiful. The history, the context is so important. Like this and is such- new recipes, not just like yeah. recycled from, yeah. No, you're going to want to make you being everyone listening and everyone you're going to tell about this book, 
I really, you're going to want to make like everything like this book. This book is so good. And this is the book I will be getting for lots lots of loved ones for the holidays. And so my last recipe question is when people are wrapping up this book to give to a loved one as a holiday gift, as they should do, because it's just the best gift when they give it, I think it would be very sweet to give it with you know, maybe they don't have to bake something, but maybe they're going to put together some ingredients for yeah, a recipe. Yeah. Like what would you, if this was like in a bag or a basket, mm-hmm. what should come with it? Oh, I mean, maybe it depends on the person. My friend Karen, I told you about, she's mm-hmm. actually doing that and she's getting just depending on the level of baker or whatever. I love to put spices. I love mm-hmm. like barrel, you know, burlap and barrel mm-hmm. spice. So yeah, burlap and barrel is great. And, or I also love to do um, this year. Yes, everyone I know is getting a book, but I found these awesome um, tea towels that have like baking and jam ingredients all over them. And I'm going to wrap it up in that, you know, like maybe a spatula or a whisk. Mm -hmm. Or I just think, you know, something that kind of, goes along with it. I feel like you could wrap the book in the tea towel. Yeah, exactly. How fun is that? Um, Cheryl, congratulations. This is a big accomplishment. I just, I really, I know what you put into this and so happy. This is my first book event. Oh, I didn't realize that. Here at Book Larder and with you is so special. I'm just, I'm, I'm really honored. I'm just, I love you and I'm so happy to know you. 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 And I just, we are all going to benefit from having this book. So thank you. Thank you. Woohoo! Thanks again to King Arthur Baking for supporting this episode. Head to kingarthurbaking.com for more. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you haven't already, please remember to rate and review the show and head to juliatertian.com for more about the show and my work. Until next time, take care.